Are you struggling to make a podcast? You don't have the content? Well, let me help you. This is THD Country Nerd 252. What I did, I was in the same position, just struggling, didn't know where to go. So I found about the Anchor app. The Anchor app was simple. Download it from the iTunes app or Google Play. That way, our Anchor it allows you to create content, record the podcast, and it easily help you distribute to every podcast platform. Take it from me, easy content. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to D Country Nerd 252 <sighs> Podcast. Now, today's episode, we're going to talk about the Mount Rushmore of athletes. Now, this is one of my favorite lists because it's fun, exciting, very entertaining. You know, it makes you want to think and appreciate all the athletes who's had a major impact, not just on our lives who has entertained us, but what they did for their sports, what kind of inspiration they can be to the younger generation. Now, number one, after going up, Muhammad Ali, you know, born Cassius Clay, thought there was a better understanding, better quality of life where he could find himself. So change his name to Muhammad Ali. And of course, you all know, on June 4th, 1967, it was an annual summit that happened in Cleveland. Now, the summit was Muhammad Ali refusing to be drafted in the military in the Vietnam War. So he had Bill Russell, Jim Brown, Kareem, John Wooten, Willie Davis, and Carl Stokes all supporting him. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I would advise everybody to look up that picture because that is the greatest symbol of unity ever, especially when it comes to athletes. And I think more athletes need to do things like that because that will send a powerful message. Because there is strength in numbers. And because of this, he was stripped of all his titles and four years without boxing. Because of his beliefs about the Vietnam War. Now that is a hell of a sacrifice and a hell of a punishment. You know, and no disrespect to Colin Kaepernick, but what he's going through is nothing compared to what Muhammad Ali go through. You're in a prime of your career because of your religious beliefs. And your ethical beliefs, you refuse to go to a war. So decide to take your career away from you. As opposed to, you know, you protest for the right things. You get cut. Then you get opportunities and you accept them. Then you file a lawsuit against the NFL, settle for $10 million, And then you sign a Nike deal with million. Then you get a Netflix special. Make money off that. I think you call the NFL slavery, but now you want to come back. And people call him better than Ali. He's a martyr. Last time I checked, martyrs don't get paid. They die with the cause. Ali, quote unquote, died with the cause. So I don't want to hear any comparison between Ali and Kaepernick. Don't want to hear it. Number two, I got Serena Williams. Now, she's one of the greatest... My bad. She's the greatest tennis player of all time. And I understand, you know, we live in a society where female sports in general is being overlooked. But, you know, tennis is a single sport. It's not like the WNBA. And, of course, in my next episode, we're going to talk about the why the WNBA players are being paid so much less. Because that is a problem. But it's much deeper than that. But Serena Williams... She was 319 weeks 
the number one tennis player in the world, including a joint record of 186 consecutive weeks, 23 Grand Slam titles. She's the highest earning women athlete of all time. You know, sometimes I don't like that. So let's just put it. She's one of the highest earning athletes of all time. I understand it's tennis and a lot of females being uh, mentioned more than males in tennis, but she's still an athlete. We really don't need the athlete because she's damn sure a goat. And then you got Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, his first in PGA Tour wins. After nine, after 19 years dealing with, you know, infidelity, injuries, substance abuse, for him to overcome all that to win the 2018 Tour Championship, then win the Masters in 2019, that was amazing. He walked into a sport and just dominated. We never thought we'll see another Jack Nicklaus. But it's just that no disrespect to all the other golfers. But golf is just relevant when Tiger Woods is playing. That That's how special he was. That should let you know right there. Nobody cares about golf. Nobody cares about Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kopeka, or anybody else. It's all about Tiger. That's some GOAT status right there. Also, he's second in men's major championships, and he won the 1997 Masters by 12 strokes, which is a record. Now, number four. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, you know when I get tongue-tied, I get frustrated. But this one, I was struggling with. You know me, I said in previous podcasts, I don't think you could be a GOAT in a team-dependent sport. But... On this one, Mount Rushmore is about the players who had the most impact, who set a standard for future generations. So I went with Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. You know, he was a sixth-round pick, which is the 199th pick. He played quarterback for Michigan, one of the Blue Bloods of college football. And he was viewed as a backup. If you look at his tape, he was very, very scrawny. He like a little eight year old kid. Somebody looks like nom, 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 barbecue chicken for a bully. And the crazy thing is, as of tw- as of this year, he's still the last remaining player from the nineteen ninety nine draft. But this guy viewed as a backup, he goes to New England where he backs up Drew Bledsoe, who was a very expensive quarterback. One of the highest paid quarterbacks in NFL history at that time. You go to Bill Belichick, one of the greatest defensive minds ever, but had a somewhat subpar coaching career in Cleveland and a somewhat uh, career, coaching career in Cleveland and New England. So what happens? Drew Bledsoe gets hurt, steps in Tom Brady, and we all know what happens. Six Super Bowls. He walked in there. He didn't cause any turnovers. He made clutch plays to set up in field goal range or cause touchdowns. And that's what happened. Six six Super Bowls in New England. And he also did that with a coach who spited him, who never got the credit that he deserved for New England's dynasty. But the thing is, Tom Brady didn't fall in Bill Belichick's lap. He won to want all those Super Bowl rings as a head coach. 
Now, he did get some Super Bowls as a defensive coordinator with the Giants because he coached one of the greatest defensive players of all time in Lawrence Taylor. But at the end of the day, there will be no Bill Belichick without Tom Brady. I mean, think about it. He comes back in one of his Super Bowls. You know, he leads the greatest show on turf with Kurt Warner, Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt, Marshall Falk. Shuts them, leads them to victory. And then they go against the Legion of Boom. You know, Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Michael Bennett, where they're in the nastiest defense of all time. They're down by double digits, and he leads them back to a victory 28-24. And then in the height of Spygate, when he's going back and forth against the NFL, he just like a real good guy does. He took a suspension, and they go all the way to the Super Bowl. And what do you know? They're down 28-3 to the Atlanta Falcons. And, you know, everybody was cheering like, yeah, Tom Brady's about to go down. But I would just say sit back and relax. He's about to do what Tom Brady does. Atlanta's about to get cocky and arrogant, and he's going to he's gonna be surgical with that bitch. And Lord knows what happened. They choked away that lead, and they ended up winning another Super Bowl in overtime. Then they played a defensive struggle against the Rams. And when the game needed one drive to make one throw, he did. Set up a big throw to Gronkowski. Sonny Michelle ran the touchdown. Jared Groff was damn near frightened. He was scared that whole game. He didn't get to New England in a losing effort. He threw the most playoff yards in a losing effort. Then after just getting sick and tired, sick and tired, Bill Belichick, he goes to the the Suckineers, who were one of the most losing franchises at that time after they won the Super Bowl after John Gruden left. He goes in there one season in a pandemic year, wins the Super Bowl. That's all you need to know. That's greatness right there. Now, Tom Brady is the uh, example of the ultimate underdog. In today's society, we love good underdog story. Now, I know people are going to be asked, how come you don't have MJ up there? Or how come you don't have LeBron? But the thing is, you know, I understand the argument from Michael Jordan. In the NBA, it's all about the Lakers and Celtics. And Magic Johnson and Larry Bird was going against each other so much that they kind of canceled out. And sure, you sprinkled a few teams in there like the Bad Boy Pistons, 76ers, Houston Rockets. And there was only one guy who said, you know what? When Larry Bird and Magic Johnson retire, there needs to be one guy who can carry the league. And Michael Jordan took that responsibility, and he did it to the highest level. And I could see LeBron James. You know, he had the biggest pressure of anybody coming out of high school. Eight, 16, 17, 18 years old. Magic Johnson passing skills. On the cover of Sports Illustrated, was deemed the chosen one, the next Michael Jordan. That is a lot of pressure to ask on a kid, especially out of high school. From Akron, Ohio, single mother, all that. He promised to take care of his neighborhood, open the school, and he exceeded expectations. Now, people, you know, he detractors can say whatever you want about him, his political views. 
him creating super teams and all that. But the dude damn sure had an impact and succeeded his expectations. And you see why he's the most powerful athlete in the world and the only athlete that a lot of people can relate to. That's why they love him so much and look up to him. But at the end of the day, with those two, I could also make an argument for Oscar Robinson. There will be no free agency without Oscar Robinson. You know, Bill Russell won 11 championships. And he was the first African-American coach, excuse me, black coach to win the championship. And the time with black coaches was viewed that highly. And you can talk about Magic Johnson coming to the league, winning a championship at 20 years old, revitalizing the Lakers franchise, telling them in the Showtime Lakers. I'm like, yeah, during Jerry West era, they were still the Lakers, but with Magic Johnson, they were the Showtime Lakers. And I could see people say, Michael Phelps won all those gold medals in swimming, but we all know nobody really cares about swimming. Swimming is not valued in individual sport. Like gymnastic is, you know, like tennis is, like golf is. It was, it's never been viewed that way, and it never will be. No disrespect to Michael Phelps. But ladies and gentlemen, that is my list. Muhammad Ali, Serena Williams, Tiger Woods, and Tom Brady. I like thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. You agree or disagree with me, hit me up on my Twitter and be on my Snapchat. Thank you guys for listening. Let's keep building up my country nerd fan bases because I love you guys. Just like you guys love me. So let's keep going. I appreciate it. Never let society dictate how you should think or feel. I'm out.